We're up to uh, chapter 20, Perikhof, on page uh, 50 on the top, 85 on the bottom. <coughs> the, starting from, from Perik Yudches. In Yudches, we discussed the, uh, the concept that Kikar Ma'id, that it's very close. And that every and uh, everybody has an Ava Musateris, an innate an innate love. I was eighteen. In nineteen, in Yutas we said that uh, we explained more to, to explain what that is, using the analogy of a candle that uh, that sees its mocker and sees its source and therefore will do anything to get to it. Same also with a Jew. Everybody has this innate realization that is connected to Hashem. And when that is revealed, a person will show immense beyond. There's no words to express how connected that person is. He'll go through any type of an extreme, even to the point of even if he has to give your life to it. A person, it's almost like you have no choice because that is your choice. That is the only reality that we know. Like the candle that knows only one reality where it belongs. And we also, in, the, in, in innately, we have that. But it's hidden. It's avamusiteris. It's not, it's not revealed. And because it's not revealed, it, it's not, we, don't, we don't act on it on a day-to-day basis. But sometimes when something happens that uh, wakens that, it's a wake-up call. It's an act of faith, you know, an act of faith, mysterious nefesh, which challenged in a very, in a very deep and meaningful way. So that for, that serves as a wake-up call, and, and and it shuts down all the other noise that a person hears, and there's all the distractions, the wants and likes that a person has, and you basically only stay true to what you really are, and that's why. So it's all, it's only shows itself up. In, in extreme in extreme situations, Perikhov was starting to, to approach this a little a little more difficult um, different and say now that we came to that so you basically left with the fact that only when extreme things are going to happen are we going to be able to be really connected with true passion and and, and unyielding commitment. But on every day-to-day life, it's not like that. You're back to, you know, the grind. Back to issues, you know, the hardships of life, the distractions. All the other norms kick back into place. <clears throat> so in Chav, he's going to start explaining, and in, this, in, the, in the chapters afterwards, is that what we need to do is we need to start looking at Terah Mitzvahs completely different as they really are. And once we're going to see that, we're going to see something very, very unique. And that is, first let's say inside, everybody, this is an, this is an, everybody needs to know this, that the mitzvah of being careful and, 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 and the worst, which is idol worshiping, the, the, the mitzvah that's, that actually woke up more Jews than anything else, that extreme, the other side, the one that's clearly, if you do that, it's like you're not, you don't see yourself being Jewish, so to speak. And that's why it, it shocks us. 
into reality, back into the reality. That 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 mitzvah of Avis, of Avodazar um, and Hazar Shehem Shnei Dibur. Those are the first two of the Aseris Hadibris. Anechi v'loyiluch. The first thing, Anechi Hashem v'lokechad. I am your God. And then the second one of the Aseris Hadibris is v'loyiluch. Shehem Kolus Kolater Kolah. They are the general of all terror. In other words, they're not just two. Dibris that the Abish said that God told us out of ten uh, <clears throat> out of ten. But no, these are very unique in the fact that everything exists in them. All the entire gamut of Terah mitzvahs, all of them are encompassing in this particular Anechi Vlayuh. Ki Dibra Nechi That's why there's two of them. Because the first one is positive. I am your God. That, you, that is the first dibber, the first commandment. Knowing that, I, that, that, there is, that Hashem is God. That encompasses all the mitzvahs ase, All the positive. What? It is. Right, you, you, because when you read it that way, you think it as not a commandment because it says Shabbos you should keep because you don't feel there's a should. But Anechi Hashem is, as the Rambam starts off with in the Mishnah, in the Mishnah Terror, you say that you say this, Vamuda Chochmas, the foundation of everything is Leida Sheyesh Motzerishin, that is a first cause. This is the first. This is the first of the commandment. We must. This is the the basis of every single thing in terror. Is something that obviously, like you say, it doesn't even sound like a commandment, but it's a reality that we must know. You you need to know. This is the first thing that a Jew needs to know. That this that Hashem is Hashem, and whatever that means, which is something we'll continue to speak here and endlessly spoken about because that's really the site. And all positive mitzvahs come from it. So in other words, what is he trying to say? If it's kolos, kola, ter, kola, it's not just that there is a God and therefore he likes you to keep ter. He, 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 likes, he would like you to not, uh, he wants you to, to keep kosher, to keep Shabbos, you know, have you know, Hanukkah, these mitzvahs that, Hashem, that, that are mitzvahs of Hashem. Are commandments from Hashem. No. Nope. All of them. That is how one believes in a God. By keeping Shabbos. By, by keeping um, Kashrus. The mitzvahs are not commandments of something else. He That's, that's why is so. Paramount, so important. They're not just two dibbers. They're going to be the essence of all the terror. And when you say we're talking about all the mitzvahs. So when you say you want to know how to not have a vaydazar, not to have any god, any other god, well, not speaking about somebody Goshen Har. Uh, not, not turning on a light on Shabbos. Not, not doing any one of the the the, the, the the mitzvah That is what it is. Because when when Hashem gave the terror, the Yidden were only able to hear 
the first two of the Seres Adibris. They couldn't handle the rest. They asked Moshe, you say it over to us. They couldn't get, they couldn't get it. <clears throat> it's interesting, the, Mara, the, the Rambam in Mer Nebuchadnezzar says a very logical reason why that's the case. He says because Anoichi and Loyiloch is that everything has a first cause. That's a logical deduction. If somebody went to the edges of his brain logically, you would end up coming out that everything needed to start with oneness, one cause. One had to be something that started it and nothing else. Because if there's two, then there is a place where one stops and the other one starts. So it would have to be something on top of it that set those rules into place. And as he goes into detail, so therefore these two are the only ones that you can truly get with your head, so to speak, and therefore the Eden were able to accept, to understand it. The other Adibris is already a mitzvah, which has aspects of it that are beyond logic. So therefore they couldn't get it. But over here he's talking about a much deeper concept of, of the reason why. Over here he's saying is because the reason why everybody got it is because that's Hashem gave the terror. So they had to hear those two. They had to hear Anoichi v'loyilucha. Because in Anoichi you got all the mitzvahs and you, we need to know that the mitzvah of Matzah is the commandment, I am your God. Putting on tefillin is Anoichi Hashem lo'kecha. All of them are the same. There's an aspect of all the mitzvahs that are the same. They're God. And that's why whenever we do a mitzvah, we say the same bracha. Baruch atah Hashem Hashem Baruch atah And then there's the detailed mitzvah, which one came out. But it's all essentially the same mitzvah. It's a very extreme thought. It's very, it's very radical. I mean, to understand that. That it's not just, and therefore, and that's why Pirkei says, don't start judging big mitzvahs and small mitzvahs. Then you're talking about schar and outside, secondary effects of the mitzvah. But the mitzvah itself, you can't be shuckled between a, a, a mitzvah chamor, a strong one and a less one. They're all, all of them are, I am your God. And all the loisa says, all the not doings, any mitzvah of that is part of having idol worshiping. There is such a thing as an idol worship, uh, an idol, and also uh, an avar is also an idol worship. It's just in our heads we've already made distinction of this is important. This is part of the the, the noise that the normal nefesh Bahamas unfortunately does, which is what we're talking about, and that's what he wants to clear up. <coughs> and that's really the the point of where we're going in Chaf and Chafal in the next few prokim is to basically see have a much better clearer vision that the details are not blocking, they're, not, they're just different forms of expressing that. So is it that we had to hear the first two? We had to hear. Those, that was Kabbalah Satera. Hearing those two first Satera, we got the entire gamut. And it was almost feel, it, like, it says, it's like once we heard it and we saw it, we didn't see it. Satera wasn't just hearing it. We saw it. We saw what we heard. We heard what we saw. It was, it was, in, it was embedded in us. This concept is embedded in us. So again, it's going to be part of the innate part of being a Jew. It just needs to be revealed. We have already experienced that all the mitzvahs say is anechi, and all the mitzvahs loisase, every one of them is is loyilucha. We all were there at Matan and we all felt it, we all saw it, we all lived it. 
And it was a reality. <clears throat> so, to understand this concept better, because ultimately the entire purpose of our creation is that we don't just uh, uh, hear these things and believe in it in a muna, but we need to understand like Leda, we have to know. Uh, it starts with, with the Muna, but it has to go Leda to understand. We must clearly understand. So to understand how exactly this works out, that it's all Anechi, it's all one God. We have to understand the oneness in God. Again, the concept of the first both of them come, are, are two aspects of the same thing, that there is one God. But when we say that there's one God, we don't, we don't mean to say we don't mean to say that there is a great existence, and after that, he, there's other things, and he's in charge of other things. He's the, you know, he's the, he's the great manager of things. That's not what we're saying when we say Achtos Hashem. We say when we say Achtos, when we say it says Shenikra Yochidu Miyuchod. It's one. It's singular. It's not even Echad. It's one. Whenever you say Echad, there is a second thing. There is another thing. When we say Yochid, means there is nothing else. Like we say, ain't eight movade. There's nothing else. There's nothing. Ain't eight. What do you mean? There's no, nothing else. I look around. I, mean, I'm, I seem to be here. The table seems to be here. The world seems to be here. There's there's quite a bit of existences. There's a lot. There's a there's a. <laughs> it doesn't. It's very hard to understand when you say there's only God. When you say only God, what about everything else? You could say God's controlling everything. Fine. That's that, that, that you could see, but the fact that there's only God, that's very difficult, even, even from a Torah perspective. It says, Bereshus Baruchim, God created the world as a Shemayim Asarot. Oh, so he made Shemayim, he made Aretz. So this is a Shemayim Aretz. And then over the six days, he created all the animals and the thing and the sky and everything about it. So there's a tremendous amount of existences all over. So what is this? You know, oneness, this singularity of only God. And as we say in the, so to understand this, and as we say in the Tfilis, uh, where is it, on, Mus- on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and as we say, that Shehuavad is only Him. Or as we say in davening all the time, until the world was created. We say this in davening every day. From when the world was created. And there's no change. There's no There's no difference. As it says, I'm God that didn't change. What do you mean it didn't change? There is such a... What do you mean there was before the world? Now there's a world. So there is change. That's really what the definition of change is. Change is something that was not there. And now all of a sudden it changed into something else. So the world was not there. You're saying itself. You're saying in the past. Ad shaloi niver. Niver, niver means creation. So you were before the world was creation after. If you're going to say that you were around all the time, fine. But you're saying, it didn't change. But you did change. Now there's a world. How exactly are we supposed to look at that? That's going to... So 
as he says a few lines further, actually we're on page, on the next page here, which is, Other side. Mishum, this is famous uh, words of Chassidus in general. It's, you see the, this, concept, this is from Daniel first. Mishum de kule kamei kola ve'efes mamish. Because the world that Abisha created is kolo. It's like it doesn't exist. What do you mean the world doesn't exist? But that's what it's... The, first we just have to know the, the concept and then we'll try to explain it. That even though the Hashem created the world, and after the world was created, we somehow were going to need to see that it's almost like the world was not, isn't, and it's ayin ve'efes. It's like nothing. Even though we clearly see that it's not ayin ve'efes. So how exactly are we supposed to see it? So we look at creation itself. <clears throat> when you look at creation... You see how the Debesha created the world? With ten utterances. He created ten, ten, ten. Why? And then speech was used. Speech. Why, why speech? Speech is unique. Thoughts. We have three modes of interaction. We have thoughts. We spoke many times in regards to other things. We have thoughts, speech, and action. Thoughts are how I myself is trying to epitomize what I'm realizing. My nefesh realizes something. I have some form of realization, either good or bad, whatever it is. But it's, 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 it doesn't have structure. It's too, it's an abstract thing. So I use my thoughts to try to figure out what I really feel, what do I think about that. <clears throat> and as I'm with, with thoughts, which is kind of mental words, I come to some kind of, hopefully, a clear thought that, that with that structure this way, I can see what I really feel. <clears throat> but at the end, the words are not going to be important. What's important is the message that the thoughts convey. That, that I'm, I'm realizing how I really feel about it. But even then, that's only in my world. If I actually set over, or anybody set over the words or the thoughts exactly the way they're in his, in his head, it would never, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. You wouldn't be able to say it. it would, you would be erratic. It would sound nuts. So you, then there is this other process that goes on where we convert the thoughts we had into speech, into language. We say sentences. We use, we choose, we choose different words. The many words and letters and, and whatever we're adding and we're discussing when we say these, these concepts are not, are, are there for only one purpose, to convey the thought that I have. So I talk, I'm, I'm speaking to somebody and I go ahead and I, and I say over something that I would like to say to that person. And I ha- hopefully, it, in this case, will imagine that I'm very clear and I know exactly what I want to say. And I pick the words. But for whatever the reason is, the person who hears me doesn't get me, doesn't get it, doesn't understand what I'm saying. <clears throat> so I, I go ahead and I say, give me a minute. And I just 
access again my the, the endless thought, the words that we have, modes of expression, different language, anything we can, and we say until hopefully I, have, I come up with something, that this way of saying it, with this example, and using those words, and, just, and not saying that word, because that word triggers that person in a wrong way, and I only say this, and I say that, all of a sudden I say it over, and the person goes, oh, now I get you, now I get it. <clears throat> the first time you said it, what you said was wrong. This what you're saying now, that's right. Now, that's in his world, not in my world. In my world, it was the same thought. I had the, first th- the thought that I said before was, was the, what I was feeling. And the thought that I said now was also the same thing. I did not change one iota. The only thing is, I changed the words. I changed the sentences. I changed the different examples. You didn't you like this one. You don't like this analogy of the Democrats. I use Republicans. You know, you don't like this, I'll use that. You don't like this, you know, you know whatever it is, you don't, I chose the different words. So what ends up happening is the multiple words is only meaningful for the person who's hearing it because he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't have access to where, what I'm truly trying to convey. It's a message. So I got through to him somewhat. But then even when you say over to somebody something you feel or something you really want to express, something very important, they might, at most, they can agree with you. As it says, when it comes to a student and a teacher, especially in the times of Shas, where students and teachers, were not like today, there's just pretty much one had one extra Google search than the other one, but they were truly on completely different levels. So it took 40 years until it took, it took, some, it took a Talmud of Rebbe 40 years to, to, to realize what Rebbe was saying. He understood it the first time. It's not like he didn't understand, because if he didn't understand, he didn't get anything. He understood what Rebbe said, but he didn't really get it. To get the message, it took 40 years later of, of introspective and figuring out what exactly it is. Same also over here. There is wor- the words are only important for the person who doesn't have the, the light. For the person himself, he can, he can see it. And as you see, the closer two people are, the less words you need. When you meet a friend of yours that's very, very close to you, you speak in a, in a language and someone standing next to you wouldn't understand because everything is like they, you know each other. So all you have to do is just reference different concepts and you're like, oh yeah, that, oh that, that, that. But somebody else in the science, like, what are you guys talking about? When you speak to somebody you don't know, you have to have a lend, you have to make an introduction, you have to explain everything. There's more words. But in both cases, the words are just there to express what's going on afterwards. The same thing when it came to creation. Hashem created the world. <clears throat> so he explained, he's using those words. What was before Shnivarayam? God. What happened after? It's like with a person expressing himself. I have a thought. Even before I said it, that was my feeling. After I said it, and there's all these words, I still nothing changed to me. It's the same message. I had the same message before. I have the same message afterwards. The person who's listening, they don't have access to the, to, 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 to the real picture. So they're like, oh, I hear this part I get, this part I don't get. So the world, and same thing with the world. Hashem created the world. And, and His message of oneness is in everything in creation. There is a aspect, there's a unique aspect in every single thing that was created. 
And every single thing says this story, the story of God, in a different way. But just like the person who's listening to me only listens to what he can grasp, and that's it. So we also, when we look at the world, oh, this seems to be an independent table. This seems to be independent. You see, you see the words by itself. You don't see the light before, behind it. And that's why, we are, that's why it's so important for us, by davening to say every single day, to put into our heads again and again, you were the you're the message before the world was created. you're the same thing after creation, and that's why Hashem says Nothing changed. I just changed the message. I changed a different wording. I'm saying a different story. I'm giving a different example. Nothing really changed besides the fact. That now you have a different way of seeing it. You can see it this way. You can see it this way. You can see it in multiple different ways. And that's our jobs. That we are end up believing and understanding that this is God in every single thing. <clears throat> you know, there's a, there's a beautiful story that once the Balatanya, after Yom Kippur, when you daven so strong connecting to God, he asked his son, his, which took over after him, he says, what did you do with what thought? Did the davening go through? He said, um, I was thinking about the, the oneness of God in, you know, in very spiritual terms, he told it to him. And then he turns to his father, he says, uh, you know, asks his father, what did, the, what, did my, you know, what did you daven with? He says, I davened with the shtender. So what, do you, what does it mean he davened with the, with the, with the, uh, with the shtender? With the, he says, the physical that this physical thing is not anything different than anything spiritual you just mentioned. That it's Aniyah Vaishnavishni, it's God that didn't change. It makes no difference if it's a sefer or if it's a piece of wood. It makes no difference. Yes, Terry tells you, halachically you have to treat it differently because certain things are much more obvious. They're holy. So therefore, api halacha, therefore sefer we have to ride, we have to treat it differently because it was done for one purpose only. A bench, a chair doesn't, but God's in everything. And that's and th- and that's what he's saying. That's what is this concept. And that's why it was said in Dibur. Dibur means speaking is unique. That we are that one entity. That's the only way. What's so unique about Dibur is nothing else in creation has it. One entity can connect to another one with choice words, with the right words. You bond. That's how you You just say the word, certain word. Words create a, a tremendous bond. You, at, at one, on one level, they're meaningless because you can just interchange them to something else. But used correctly, they convey the real energy that one entity matches and comes into the other one. And that's the Aseris and Aseris and Divis. So when we say, Kul Kamei Kulach Shivei, Kamei. In God's eyes, it's nothing. Because he sees the message. So he sees that it's all one. And therefore, nothing really changed. In our world, Barashas Baro came. Definitely there was a creation. Definitely there's a change. And ultimately, what we need to do is to gain God's perspective. Because then comes Terah Mitzvahs. To bring Shema Yislo, Shema Yidin, you should hear. That Shema Hashem Lokeinu is Echad. When we say Echad, what are we saying? One, in the seven heavens and in the earth, and Dawud, in any which way you look at it, it's all one. 
And that's what the entire, that's what Terah Mitzvah is there for, to bring out those, that concept. And they are structured in mitzvahs ase, positive commandments, and negative commandments. But every single one of them is bringing out the same exact point. And therefore, there's no higher one, there's no lower one. It's all, it's, it, it, it's all one.